0: Pushing back chaos with Melon, and Mike, and Raph. Welcome back to another episode of Pushing Back Chaos with me. Melon, I hope you guys are all well out there. We love uh and we never take for granted you guys stopping by and spending your precious time with us. With uh, both of us. Both Mike and I have had a bit of a hard time recently and we we do apologize for not having all of the episodes coming out on our regular uh, timeline, but sometimes life just throws those curveballs at you, right? And uh, both of us had that happen to us recently. So um, we we paused for a moment last week for uh, Remembrance Day 11.11, Veterans Day in the US, and we all took that moment to pause and think and reflect. And I hope that you all – you know, really found something. I know a lot of our our audience, a lot of our listeners, our community have either served themselves, are still serving, or have family members who have worn uniform. And uh, it's a special time of year, and it and it and it's worthwhile to commemorate, to stop and take the time. When I was a kid, I never really understood it, but definitely the older I get, the more I get the uh, – the reason why so many coaches do this on special days like this but yeah welcome back to another uh, episode with us and uh shout out to my mate mike you going pal
1: melon how's it going dude uh pretty good today uh i gotta say um yeah as you said the last uh week week and a half two weeks have been kind of tough for us both but you know we're not here to put on a fake smile all the time and act like life is great and be motivated and uh, all that because it's just not how life goes. So, you know, we like to be very honest and genuine and talk about the real things that maybe some people don't want to talk about or want to uh, acknowledge, which is fine because we all get it. And especially Melon and I being two men. Uh, and <laughs> uh, and we still have to say that. Yeah, it, it is important to say that. Because for all the men out there listening, how hard it is to open up and talk about stuff when it when, when things hurt, right? You always got to be the brick wall. You got to be the support, uh, the support beam for your wife or your family or whoever you got, right? And then I'll even throw it out there. I like to get aggressive. Um, even for women, you know, talking about their feelings is probably a little bit easier, um, but not in the most... I don't know, productive way. Sometimes, sometimes a little bit more of a outburst because women are a lot more emotional than men. And then how do we communicate? How do we deal with it? And it's just a lot. So, you know what, let's just not do it. And that's real easy just to like, shut up and just be quiet and deal with it. Right. Because that was the out. word
0: was maybe the word was women are more emotionally aware, more emotionally intelligent, yeah, or better with their emotions, maybe. No, but that's and, the challenge that
1: we, that the gorillas like you and me face. Maybe Melon is just way more smarter than I, and uh, he said it <laughs> in <a> much more <laughs> elegant way. But yes, agreed.
0: <laughs> well, I got two women under the under the house like under the roof, and I know they listen to these. So I'm like,
1: let's be careful around the ladies. <laughs> stab me while I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Well, uh, Melon, let's let's uh, you know kick it off with you, man. I mean, it's 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 been a you know, interesting few days, and you know you're talking about struggling and different things. We'll just jump into it, man. What's 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 going on with the family?
0: You know, I'm I'm uh, at that age now, so 47. Um, where there's this beautiful moment, and and those people who have been at this age will know this when you've got your parents, yourself, and your kids alive. And it's a really very special age. And I like Cherry and I have talked about it a lot, how lovely it is, how amazing it is to have grandparents and kids. And, you know, it's like, like when you're engaged and you know that there's a time coming when you're not going to be engaged anymore and that stage of life is going to change. You know that there's going to be changes coming. And last week, unfortunately, we had a uh, one of the kids' grandparents passed away, my old My wife's dad passed away last Wednesday. Uh, God bless Andy Phillips, um, my wife's dad. And I mean, that is the challenge that I've been dealing with, you know. That's a loss in the family, a very difficult time, clearly for my wife and her family and uh, all of them in South Australia and also as far away as in Louisiana and New Orleans. And my youngest sister, my little sister lives, Laura, Shout out to Laura and Derek. They my brother-in-law, they always listen. And um like any family going through um ill health for anyone in the family, a serious serious health challenge. It's a difficult time. And um Jerry and her sisters have been really working through uh, their dad getting older and having a decline and moving into a home and having a uh, dementia and there's no nice way. There's no nice way to go. I don't think I've not seen one um, in your sleep. Maybe is the best way when you're, when you're, when you're older is obviously better, but it's difficult and there's no easy way. And uh, so I've just been supporting my wife and, and uh, her family through this time and also just Trying to help my kids deal with to go through that grief process for the first time for them when their grandpa passed away. And here we are on the other side of the world. And um, I know I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Jerry and her sisters uh, were able to get together and, and you know, had, they knew that decline was occurring and they had some family meetings and whatnot, Mike. And um, they, they sort of had to face. The choice of do they get together with him while he's alive, with the two girls living internationally, flying home, or do they return to support their sister who lives there and the family through the step after passing and be there for the, for the funeral and making arrangements and dealing with all those difficulties? And I mean, they've just got a wonderful relationship, their three sisters, Marissa, Jerry, and Laura. Super close and loving and Very sweet. It's my brothers and I'm, you know, we throwing each other out of trees and all that crazy boy stuff. So it's really, it's a really sweet and loving relationship these three have. And they're able to just talk through these uh things together. And really what was best for all all of them was them getting together and they and they had a beautiful time with Cherry the home and was with the sisters and with dad. And that was hundred percent the right thing to do when uh, subsequent to that two weeks later he passed away. Hmm. So they've got these, you know, they've got these memories now, Mike, of being together, of being with him and holding hands and, you know, and then having like happy moments together as sisters because they're so rarely together. I mean, it's like six years or so since all last together. And um, yeah, it's just, a, it's, it's a difficult time. And, you know, all of us face loss at different stages in life. There's no one who gets through uh, that untouched, and it has been a roller coaster, obviously. But some really beautiful moments have come out of it as well.
1: What's uh, what's one of those? If there's one thing that you can think of of a beautiful moment out of all yeah. the stuff, yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah. What was probably the most enjoyable thing oh, that you that you saw
0: the the sisters were home and uh together and which is just, just a, i think everyone in the whole family loves it when they're together and you know they were seeing their dad and when i met their parents had divorced, and both of them had remarried and cherry's dad had married uh into a family she had four previous kids and one of those sons just stayed super close with uh, Grandpa Andy, and they. It, it turns out he'd been driving two hours out of Adelaide, the city, the capital city of South Australia. He'd been driving two hours down to the town, uh, where the nursing home was, to see him each week, and you know, just in really like a loving, taking him out to lunch, and as he sort of his health declined, like going down and you know, like giving him a shave and a haircut and. Taking care of his clothing and all that sort of stuff. You know, and around the nurses obviously do this normally. But just being there and literally there's no faking the acts of love that their their brother, their stepbrother Jared was doing. And they had a moment where the all four of them were together and a doctor came in and said, Oh, sorry, only immediate family can be here mm-hmm. and you know, what's your relationship? And they were like, Oh, he's our dad. And all four of them had said it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it turns out that they're um brother Jarrett had a really loving father-son relationship with Grandpa Andy. He didn't have so much to do with his own biological family, and this is the guy that he called Dad. So through this really difficult time, this th- these three sisters, who have just always been three, have now got <laughs> number four. They've got a brother. And they all just love one another, and it's really sweet, immediate. Well, they knew each other, but they they weren't hadn't been close for years because this Um, second marriage had also ended a number of years ago and hadn't had much to do uh, with the kids from the other marriage. And so Cherry and her sisters now have a brother. When Cherry and her younger sister Laura had to leave, the middle sister Marissa was there and when they left, they knew that Jared would be there too and that there was Marissa wasn't going to have to be on her own and they all go through the funeral arrangements and all of that stuff that has to happen. They're sharing it, and it's really, it's it's just been an unbelievable blessing to receive something like that at such a time. Like to show the kids photos and say, "This is your new uncle, <laughs> who you're going to meet, who you're going to meet at Christmas time when when they go home." Yeah, that's been. I mean, there's been some other beautiful moments of like talking to the kids, but really, this um, unexpected additional family member and additional sibling. Has been, you know, the best, the best thing to have something like that to share and bond over in such a critical time, and to have it be to just, you know, a burden shared is a burden halved, as I say, and yes. having that extra person there just to, that by far has been the biggest blessing in the last last couple of weeks, Mike.
1: That's uh, that's really nice, man, and and you know, it was kind of as I'm listening to you, it just sounded like there was a lot of gratitude. Uh, and a lot of yeah. different directions there, people coming together to to do good things for good people out of love and caring and the right reasons. and uh you know, I think when you can find gratitude in any hard situation, uh troubling situation, painful situation, when you you can identify what you can be grateful for, i think mm. I think that's a really big way through it. Uh, where you can put yourself in a state kind of at ease uh, with some things and and know that, uh, you know, it's it's not all been bad. It's not all been mm-hmm. pain, but there are some, as Mellon said, beautiful things that can come from it. And I think when you're looking at gratitude, like he's talking about brothers and sisters being uh, brought together over something terrible, um, and it's a good thing that they're together but the terrible thing doesn't take away that good thing because that now that bond is that much stronger. And like, you're going to value that going Mm. forward, you know? And I I was, I want to say lucky, but it was really nice to talk to as soon as she got back and just talking to her about, you know, how, how are you doing? How do you feel about this? You know, are you okay? And she was of course sad. She lost her dad, but she was also kind of, um, I'll say excited about this new chapter going forward with her, her sisters Mm -hmm. and her her brother. And, you know, and and it's this new chapter that just kind of opened. Right. And and I guess what I'm getting at is with every type of loss that we have in our life, there's new opportunity. There's there's a space Mm -hmm. to, to be filled. There's a task to be done. There's something that left and now there's a space and now you have the opportunity to fill it. And you can fill it with whatever you want. It could be a really good thing or it could be a really bad thing. That's that's our personal choice. But um, it is opportunity to uh, move forward with it. Um, and if you kind of look at it that way, maybe it helps. It helps me sometimes. Uh, you no, know, it's, just, it's just me, though. I'm a gorilla, as as Melon said. <laughs> you take one apple away, uh, where's my other apple? You know, I kind of think <laughs>
0: It's funny, right? Like, because like like you were just saying that it doesn't it doesn't take away the sadness, and the sadness will be there, and the grief will be there, and there'll be the roller coaster, um, you know. And I like you and I both know this have this experience of having lost our dad, and it's just impactful, right? It's impactful to lose your dad, mm-hmm. and I- either parent, right? Um, the archetype father has gone you know, has gone out of your life, and. You're going to have that difficult experience. You're going to have that negative emotion, that sadness and grief and loss and everything else. But when there can be something alongside it, you know, it's not, it's not, that's not the only experience. Like you're saying there, there's also a beautiful experience at the same time. And so it's this bittersweet blend of sadness and gratitude and openness and like you were saying, a new chapter and your opportunity with their their, new brother, which is a crazy sentence to say because none of them are children. They're all grown adults. But one of the best things that they've been able to um, access through their uh, stepbrother is that he has all these other memories. He has had all these other experiences with Grandpa Andy and they're getting to experience them or hear about them for the first time and they're getting to um, know an aspect of someone that they knew their whole life but they they're getting to see a different aspect you know like the side that faces you is how you think that person is but we only ever get to see them you know on, the, on the, through the lens we have and not the aspect that we that faces us and time and different circumstances like we're all different at work and we're different with family and we're different with our intimate partners and different with our kids and different with our parents and so on and so their stepbrother had all these he had literally a relationship with a different person. And they're getting to access that. And they're getting to like add um chapters to the book of who their dad was. Yeah. Even though he's gone. Even though he's gone, he's actually changing and growing and becoming different through this shared experience, which is a really I've just, like I've never seen anything like this before. You know, to hear stories about. Being taught how to play footy, which is the Australian Aussie rules football, kick, you kick the footy primarily. You got to kick it, and being able to kick a football is quite a skill, as you know. There's only one punter on uh, an NFL team, but in Australian rules, everyone's got to kick a similar shape oval football. And Cherry's dad, and he was the quintessential Aussie bloke, and he loved he loved his footy. Like that was, you know, his his team was the color of the blood running through his veins, and white Geelong cats. And he loved Aussie rules and he'd kick a footy and he taught uh, Jared how to kick a footy. And you hear these little anecdotes from a guy who had three daughters.
1: <laughs>
0: and then you hear a totally different aspect. And it's like it fle- it's fleshing out in a different way. Like there's new chapters to the book of who their dad was, which is just a beautiful thing and very unexpected.
1: You know, it's... Um- it's really interesting as you get older and you're able to maybe have conversations with your parents and really understand them, you know, especially like if you have, you know, if you're a brother and you have a sister or you're, you're a girl and you have a brother, you know, sort of thing. You see how your parents treat you differently and how different things mean different, you know, with each child and it's a, each its own like special connection. And you know me growing up, you know I have an older brother. I'm the baby. I oh I have three older brothers, but um, now that I'm older, see,
0: all of a sudden you, all of a sudden you seem young to me. Oh, thanks, <laughs> man. I appreciate that.
1: I appreciate that. That's it, funny, right? Yeah, but you. Still if you were the parents. oldest,
0: if you're the oldest brother, be like, well, I'm not, I've not got freaking just a whole lot older in my eyes. Hearing that you're the youngest is like changes who you are as well.
1: Yeah. Well, like I said, you know, I appreciate that, but somehow you still have more hair than I do. So I don't really care, you know, but
0: uh,
1: <laughs> um, it, it's just, I guess my point is, you know, it's it's really interesting when you really get to sit down and have a meaningful conversation with these people that are the, you know, the the the, the patriarchs of the family and people that are guiding. And you, one, you find out that they weren't ever perfect, right? We, we look at our yeah. parents in a certain way. Our grandparents is like, oh, they... They're old for a reason. They made it. They were very smart in their life and doing what they did. But when you really sit down when you're older to have some life experience and be able to sit down and ask the hard questions and be able to hear some hard answers, you really find out that, you know, they weren't perfect and that they did the best mm. that they could. And there comes that gratitude word is like, man, I'm so grateful. You know, I I look at, at my life and look at my mom the last, you know, 17 years. And I'm just like, my mom has been a a champion with everything she's, she's done for me and tried to do better, even if she failed. My mom was always in my corner, always trying to figure it out, beating her head off the wall behind the scenes, and then showing up to me smiling and giving me a hug, like everything's fine, you know, but she's going to the mat for her son, and I just... It's things like that mm. that come out of hardship and tragedy and like really getting to know those people. You know, it's just, it's it's crazy, man, but it's special. And if you haven't had that conversation, maybe, maybe, maybe you should. There's definitely something about as an adult, thinking about your own parents
0: as adults and thinking about, well, you know, when they were younger than you. And that's, you know, the stage on that, I'm older now than my parents were when they had made I'm older now than my dad was when he passed away at 43. Which is the crazy thing to think, you know. So I can't. I just can't. Imagine. I just can't. There's no way I can picture myself as older than my dad. But you get to view them exactly as you're just saying now, Mike, as just another person without that halo or whatever it is, without that label of mum or dad. And you realize at a certain point that they did the best they could at life with the resources they had. Like no one sets out to make a mess of any of it and all of us do and to greater or lesser extent. And some of us have, you know, life given to us on a platter and make a mess of it. Some of us have life just absolute, you know, trials of job and, and make it work and then there's everyone in between. And some people have heaps of resources and some people don't, whether it's mental, spiritual, emotional, physical, whether it's money, education, whatever it is, those resources are not given equally to people. And no one out there is doing anything less than the best they can in the situation that they were born into with the resources they have in it. It's different to think of your parents like that and to not have whatever the other the paradigm, the viewpoint of thinking of them as a parent, and thinking of them just as a a person.
1: Very well said. Yeah. Understanding, (laughs) understanding that life is full of roller coasters, like the one we're talking about and how do you get through them? Right. The best way you can, you know, that's usually, it's usually the answer that you get when you ask people, Hey, how are you doing? How are you getting through it? "Eh, The best way I can. Right. And no one's perfect. And, uh ultimately that's that's where i've learned uh, grace and forgiveness for for people mm. because we're only human for god's sake you know like yeah <laughs> we're emotional creatures we we do stuff and say things and you know all that's and and it's not easy sometimes and sometimes you can't hold that against someone in a time of extreme adversity or pain you know and it's just man i need to let that go so i'm sorry uh I'm sorry. For your, for your family melon i mean that's I only saw pictures and heard stories and everything, but um, I'll be praying for them.
0: Well, I really appreciate that, mate.
1: Just touching on that little bit
0: about, you know, they did the best at life that that they could with the resources they had. I've heard it really described well is everyone has a relationship with their parents. And I heard this one specifically about dads that you go through three stages and when, when you're young, you idolize, you know, you think they're the greatest and when you're on their shoulders, you're the, Highest, you know, the highest uh, person in the land, looking around. So the first step is idolize, then demonize. Often happens when you're in your teens, late teens, early twenties. You know, they can't do anything right. And then the third stage is humanize, where you realize they're a person, there, and they're doing their best. Yeah. So like that's that's been a good viewpoint to think of every relationship thinking about me with my own kids you know idolize demonize harmonize humanize i should say idolize demonize humanize and that's um like it's a journey for all of us you know that there's a stage where you really accept them for who they were with flaws and good points just like everybody
1: no it's true it's it's, uh, cool. well I uh, i'll uh I'll shift over So yeah, how about
0: you let us know? How about you let us know what's been going on for you, man? Like for the people just joining us who haven't heard for a few weeks, Mike had a significant injury while at work doing training that you can all imagine someone in the special forces community doing, like really extreme type training, and he had an extreme type injury and has been dealing with the consequences of serious um, yeah, serious injury, Mike. So maybe you can let us know about <clears throat> your challenge and your bits we're, we're talking about an episode here about dealing with events that are beyond your control. Yeah. Maybe you can uh, fill us in on how you've been going.
1: Yeah. Well, before I jump over to that, I can't let you off too, too quick. Um, you know, melon uh, through a little age thing. He's like, Oh, you make me, you know, you make me feel young type, type of thing. Well, I'm going to make melon feel old um, in a fun way. Okay. Cause I love you. Um, you know, now both grandfathers are gone right and i said there's opportunity melon you're next in line to be a grandfather you old piece of (laughs) (laughs) just think about that now you're just waiting and now you're going to be grandpa melon pretty soon how about that how's that feel
0: pretty soon there's no rush there's no rush out here my children sometimes there's no rush kids (laughs) 30 is the new 20. 40 is the new 30. Oh, okay.
1: Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, now that we're even keel. Um, yeah. So that, uh, the injury, you know, I've talked about before with my knee ACL gone and everything else. Well, if you can't walk, you can't do a job. And I have a very, had a very arduous job. um doing what I'm doing and lost my position of that. I worked so hard for, for 16 years and going hundred miles an hour. Um, and realizing you know that this job takes a lot of time and focus and energy uh to to be a part of and i was going 100 miles an hour for a long time and there's not a lot of conducive space to have other things in my life that i really truly want and uh When you have something just stops you in your tracks, literally like a knee injury and you can't walk, um, you are forced to stop and look around and realize your surroundings and who's who's in your life, who's not in your life, what you've been focusing on, what you haven't been focusing on. And it's a real moment of like, holy shit, is the best way to put it. I went down to. Pennsylvania and Texas to visit some family and some friends while I was recovering, which I needed because sitting alone by yourself while recovering and you can't walk really well, like you need some help. I needed help like to get around to do stuff. Like I was just like, dude, I'm not sitting here anymore. I need to, I need to get out and depend on some people. Um, So I did, but um I woke up down there and uh I was supposed to fly back about a week ago and this, just shit feeling just came over me. I didn't ask for it, but you know, we just wake up some days and we just wake up with fear and anxiety and your mind's going and you're scared of stuff. And you know, I don't care who you are. I mean, I think I'm a pretty tough guy in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I don't have, (laughs) I don't have immunity. Uh, and I woke up feeling the full blast of it and there was feelings of, I don't want to go home to an empty house. I don't, I don't want to go home and it's quiet. You know, I've been here with my family and my friends and doing stuff and being active and it's like I don't want to go home to that. you know, which comes to the realization is it's like, man, you know, my birthday's next week will be 36 and I'm sitting there just like, yeah, I don't have, I don't have a uh, wife or kids or girlfriend or anything, you know, like Mellon just sat there and talked about how, how wonderful it is, you know, and I'm not knocking him. This is just, this is just life. Right. You look around and you start comparing yourself, right? And keep that word in mind, comparing. Um, Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, I guess I'm a failure because I'm at where I'm at in my life. And I don't have a family. I don't have these things. I don't have uh, a meaningful relationship, you know? And that's really what I woke up and started off with, man. And then the flight home and everything else was just one negative thought after one negative thought, like a river. And it just kept flowing and flowing. And I feel like I'd cut it off and then it would reroute and find another way through. And it was just like, Oh my God, dude, like I'm better than this. And it's like, no, you're not, you're going to take it. (laughs) And I was in a really negative space all week, dude. Um, Anxiousness about my life. I feel like, you know, having time off it's like, well, I have time off. And, And I think just being a man, it's just like, we, we want to fix things when things are broken you're just like yep i'm just gonna fix it tell me what's wrong all right i don't have this well i'll go get it you know i can get this i can fix this and we have this instant mentality that we just have control over over whatever y- you name it i'll do it i'll get it yeah yeah no problem you know cool got it on my way uh maybe fixing physical things like oh uh, you broke your uh you broke your nightstand and you got to fix the leg yeah you can go get some screws and go fix it right But when we're talking about like relationships, when we're talking about, um, things you can't see emotions, memories, feelings, like all that stuff, you can't just get in there and flick that light switch. And, um, dude, I, I went, I went down the, uh, I went, I went down the, the old rabbit hole on a lot of things and, um, it got me to a point on, uh, last Friday, I, uh, I go to this park by me and I sit and I read. It's quiet. There's a picnic table out there. And I go there and I sit there and read. Um, I read some of the Bible and I read a book that I'm reading, that that purpose-driven life book. And really sit and reflect on my life and all these things that I'm scared and anxious of, right? Like, dude, everybody and their mother knows, like, I want to have a family more than anything, but I can't force it. And I feel like I've been trying to make things work, that I've been like reaching out and trying to um, find it or fix it, fix that feeling that I have. And the realization is it's like you can't control other people or how they feel or what they're doing or what they want or where they're at in their life, you know, different things and as a man it's just frustrating because you're like no 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 no. i want it now i i have the time on my time while i'm doing this so it needs to work out and then it doesn't work out on your time then you get mad and then you get frustrated and you get angry and then you get down and then you get depressed and it's just like this ugly cycle and honestly here we go i mean I'm, i'm gonna be vulnerable I sat there on that on that picnic table and I, I I cried off and on for about two hours. Um reading, crying, praying, reading, crying, praying. I take my highlighter and I highlight some some things in that book, and then I just stare at them. Sit back and I just stare at those words, and I'm like, what does that really mean? And it gives me very clear direction on what I should be focusing on. And uh I sat back and I I very, (laughs) very angry, not angrily blatantly. I I said, God, you know what? I'm, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I don't know what to do. And I, I don't usually ask for this, but I was like, I need an answer directly. I need, I need you to tell me what you want me to do right now, because I don't know what to do. You know, and, and that, that could be just, you know, not working out of the, the traditional job that I have, being by myself, like it, it's a lonely place, man. Like, I, I want people to know that, like when you're committed so much to a job or something like that, mm-hmm. and you think that like, oh, you're successful, you're tough, and you got everything that you could possibly want and all this stuff. That's the I think those are the people you really need to take an extra look at, because I guarantee you there's there's something there that is just killing them. Um. And uh, I said, "I, I just need something because, and this is my human side and I acknowledge this and I can't believe I'm saying this. I can't believe I'm saying this. I started to have, I started to doubt God. And I say that because he has saved my life many times and interjected in my life, like undeniable precision Certain times where things happened, where the odds of those happening at the exact right time, it was not coincidence. Like there's no way. So, but this um, is a very
0: human. This is a very human experience, Mike. That, you know, give me a freaking break here. I'm doing the best. I've been (laughs) doing all the right things. Yeah, that's the most human. That's the most human of experiences. Every, I think every person, no matter how. Would they are uh, normally when they're at a low? I remember when Cherry was diagnosed with cancer after, and he'd been super prim and nearly died so many times and was, you know, legally blind. You know, both of us had a moment. Both of us really had had exactly that that moment of. WTF! What are you yeah. doing to me? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure every single person listening to this can sit there yeah. and relate to something where they're like, no, 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 I did the work. I've been nice. I've been a good person. I've been helping others. I, I've been balanced. I, I'm not a toxic, destructive person. Like I'm compassionate. You know, you make this list out about yourself and hold it up and you go, why aren't I getting <laughs> these things? What's wrong with me? Why can't I have this? You know. And again, that word comes back, comparison, when I'm comparing yeah. my life to other people. You know, I see everybody else out on the weekend, you know, with their families and kids around the fire and cooking, you know, uh, s'mores and doing fun stuff or whatever. And I'm just like, well, here's my broken asset and you know, I can't do anything and I'm, I'm, I'm,
0: and, and right now everyone's putting on social media as well, all their best
1: photos all yes, you know, the retouch
0: happiest, best highlights. And we all think that that's their whole life.
1: Right. And everybody's doing great, but me, right. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That affected me. I'm not going to lie. You know, I t- openly talk about not allowing it to affect me. Well, guess what? It affected me. Like I'm, I'm human just like everybody else. Um, so anyways, you know, I get through there. Saturday was veterans day here in the U S and I was blessed to h- hang out with uh, my friend, Brady, Katie, and my friend Keith, both army and Marine Corps veterans. And uh, we just literally had the most chill night at his house around the fire again, like I'm talking about a fire, their families, their kids, you know, just sitting around talking and had some burgers mm. and brats. And, you know, it, it was just really nice, a nice fall night. And it was quiet and chill and just good conversation conversations, good people. Sunday, I get up and I drive back and go to church with my buddy. And uh, he's a military guy as well, active duty. And going through his own struggles and he has what i want he has a wife and and kids okay he has what i want and he's struggling right so that tells me that once you get things obviously things don't just get better right and i know that from melon and from tio and everybody else but still now, you know i tell them all the time i'm like dude you got what i want like you need to be a little bit more grateful just a little bit man because i would love to have you know what i mean and we kind of laugh about it but um and I go, I go into church and I sit down, I got my crutches, you know, sitting between my legs. And, um, what's the, what happens is the, the, the pastor comes out on a crutch on his right leg. And I'm like, wow, cool. Like, look at my guy here. We're crutch brothers, <laughs> you know, just <laughs> like in my, in my head, you know, I was like, oh, this is nice, relatable. And he gets up. Like, and- what are the chances? Yeah. What are the chances of this? You know? Okay, cool. And we get up there. And uh, he st- he just starts preaching, right? And just normal. And everybody's like around, like whispering, like, "What happened to him? You know, like, what's wrong with him? I didn't know he got hurt. You know, I wonder if he did it for this. You know." And then he just stops, and he goes, "He's like, why? Uh, why are you all uh, looking at me funny? Is am I saying something wrong? Am I doing something wrong? Like, what's wrong with me?" And he's up there preaching a good me- good message, right? But everybody's so focused on his crutch, and he goes, you know. I can't help but think you're all staring at me because of because of my crutch. And he's like, you know, I'm not my crutch, right? And it's like boom. And I'm engaged. <laughs> and I'm and I'm sitting there holding two crutches. I'm like, yeah, this can't be more direct. All right. I and I, so I'm engaged and I just feel all the eyes of the whole church like just look at me, you know. And I'm like, Yep, I know, I know. I'm on crutches. I'm the only guy in here. <laughs> but he starts talking about you know, we're not our crutch and our crutch can be anxiousness, um, worry, fear, um, you know, letting ourselves go down that rabbit hole, pain, heartbreak, um, lack of forgiveness or grace. It could be a physical ailment. It could be drugs, pornography, alcoholism, you know, all these crutches that we, that we, that walk with us every day. And, uh, you know, he's talking about this it. is man, so r- relatable, right? And he's like, gets to a point and he goes, Don't you ever just get sick and tired of walking on crutches? And, and again, I'm sitting there like, Yes. <laughs> 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 yes, I, I do. My armpits are raw, you know, and uh he, he just stands up straight, smiles, and he takes that crutch and just throws it across the stage. And he's like, wouldn't you just love to just throw that thing away that just been harboring you from running and s- standing up straight and just being light and on your feet and happy. And it's just, you know, and then my buddy leans over and he's just like, are you going to throw your crutches across the tree? I'm <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to because like, you know, it, it, it's not what he's talking about, but um, but it was just such a profound message. And dude, it was, um, you know, I'm- I mean, how
0: true is that? How true is that that we all, we all have we have a story that we're telling ourselves in, in some area that is disempowering. You know, I'm like this because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I i I'm not good with blah. I don't – whatever it is. And that crutch can really – like it holds us back in life. Right. right. A disempowering, and it could be that disempowering story you tell yourself about yourself.
1: Yeah. And that takes
0: your power away.
1: It, it it absolutely does. And you know, this um, you know, this this crutch thing, you know, and then he looks at everybody, picks the crutch back up and he goes, You know what? You're saying great things, you're inspiring me, you know, great message, Pastor, this, that, whatever. And then he picks the crutch back up and he's like, Well, when I'm having a hard time, I need something to lean on, right? So what better than a crutch as an excuse? Mm. Picks the picks the crutch back up and he leans on it and he's like hey, I really like what you're saying and what you're doing and what you're telling me. Great message. But don't you dare touch my crutch. That's mine. And he's like Mm -hmm. tapping it and protecting it. Like this this makes me who I am. And this is why I am the way I am because of my crutch, right? And and again, I'm just sitting there just like, yeah, that's me, man. I'm sitting there with anxiety, with fear of the future, of not finding uh, a a good woman to have a family with, not have, you know, like all these things. I was like, I'm putting so much, pressure using that as my crutch to allow it to influence who I am like that's not me like I like being happy and positive and all this stuff I don't like being down for a week at a time and just beating the living hell out of myself in my own mind and my heart and I'm like that's that he's talking about me you know which I'm sure a lot of people were so I do that dude and I'm sitting there I'm like half in tears right because I'm just like got here's the answer right here's God talking to me well, at the end, and this is the cool part I'd like to share, man, because this this gets me going. At the end, you know, they, they, they stand up and they said, you know, hey, if you're really struggling, if you're exhausted from just trying to do this thing of life and you're doing it your way and all these things, and you're just asking and, and needing a relationship with God, like, please come forward and the church would love to pray for you. And um, there's some people here like to have a conversation with you as well. I'm like, yeah, yeah, and I'm sitting there, right? And they're basically talking about come up and give your life to God. And dude, I'm standing there with my crutches, be standing up between them, leaning on them because I have to because my leg. <laughs> poetic, right? And my my head's down, my my eyes are closed, and I'm 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 saying, Melon, in my head, I said, God, I need this. I want you in my life. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm just beat up. I don't know what to go. I don't know what the direction to do. Like I'm just at a loss mm-hmm. here. And I just want you to take the reins and just, just, just take over for me. And I'm going to trust you. And as I said that this wall hits me, not, not physically thank God, but, um, <laughs> immense fear just flew into me, dude. My heart started pounding pounding melon i'm a pretty i'm a pretty strong guy i've been through some crazy stuff in my life and in and and in the military and i do some crazy you really you really have
0: been through some crazy stuff
1: yeah melon i was scared shitless okay i was scared shitless put it blatantly and i felt that fear flow right into my body and as soon as i did I opened my eyes and I acknowledged it. And I said it, I said to myself, and that's why I'm going because I'm scared shitless. And I looked at my buddy, Joe, tapped him on the shoulder. I looked at him and said, Hey man, I'm going like, I want to give myself to God, man. Like, I don't want to live like this, you know? And I did, I get on my crutches. I didn't look back. I start, I start making my way down the aisle. Right. And as soon as I break out to the front melon, uh, the pastor stops Points at me directly, and he goes, You're the inspiration I'm talking about today, directly to me. There was my answer. Wow. What more of an answer can you get after Friday of sitting there in doubt and fear and loss and pain, and then have that kind of direct answer on a Sunday, right? Mm. Couldn't, I mean, what are the odds to be on a crutch to talk about the stuff he was talking about? And then for me to go up there and then be like, you, you're exactly what I'm talking about. Like, there can't be any more direct message that you could possibly ask for. Dude, I start I start crying. Um, I'm standing up there. And this is the really cool, awesome part is you never know the effect you have on others. Right. I turn and look. You never know, And there's my buddy, Joe, that came up with me right next to me. And he gave, and he gave himself to God that day too. And he's been waiting for eight years to go up there. And he goes, dude, I saw you go and I know who you are and getting to know you. And I saw you go and I just felt like you need to go with him. Like I had this feeling come over me of like, you need to go with him. And he did. And, um, dude, it was, it was an amazing experience. Um, since I've felt relieved, I let go of that stress, the fear, anxiety and like really I'm just letting it all go dude because we can't control what we can't control right and sometimes we get in our own way as men as you know whatever as military guys especially and we yeah. don't want to be in control of stuff dude I'm just letting go I'm it's not my time yet and I'm literally letting it go and putting faith in him that he's going to take care of it um and and then the last part is I was when I was a baby, but I decided to get re baptized next month, uh, before Christmas and recommit my life to uh to God and serving him and really who he wants me to be. And um I'm a dude, I'm so excited. Like seriously, like it's like a new chapter of my life. Um <laughs> I mean, I'm smiling, I'm a little bit giddy right now. I got some goosebumps going on because it feels so so nice just to just to <sighs> Uh, it's not even something i can describe it's, it's just very powerful and i just wanted to share that you know but that's real life that was my life in the last week and a half um that's real as, as i could possibly get there's no there's no shining it and telling you you know who's going to carry the boats and motivation bullshit you know as ever dude like life beat me down and uh yeah that, that was that was real
0: what happens to all of us right yeah my like, first off thanks for sharing. Like, really, thanks for sharing that because that's, you know, that that can be difficult to to share that you've had a hard time. It can really be difficult. And, you know, I I know as a man, I know the hardest thing, when I talk to my friends, asking for help is just about the hardest thing in the world, you know, like where I was raised to solve my own problems. You know, God helps those who help themselves was like the mantra in my home. And then you get good at fixing things. And you join the military and get trained. And it's like the expertise of um, maybe a natural inclination, family background, and then, you know, my whole adult career. So, 30 years now of being trained, wanting to fix things, being trained to generate solutions, being excellent, becoming excellent at solving things. And it's super difficult because that's not always the right thing to do. Like you're just saying there, for you, it was surrendering and submitting. It was letting go and recognizing that there was a moment where you, where you needed to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And God in this situation for you, mind. And I had really a really similar, a really super similar thing when Cherry's dad passed, you know, like having that urge to want to try and fix. And I said this to, I had a really good conversation with my son on, on a Saturday night before I went back away to the base. You know, we'd had had like a weekend together and we really just had like a beautiful time just together. No one left the house. We get Michael home from school and, um, you know, I came home from work and we just stayed together. And it was, it wasn't my first instinct. Though. My first instinct was to go right back to work and send Michael to school and get on with the day and we'll deal with this later. And I just was like, I had a moment. I said, no, that's 100% wrong. That's like my natural urge to do, to do, to fix, you know. Nike just do it, yeah. And it's like, like at the end of the weekend that we'd we this long weekend we'd all been together, it was really clear that we had just all stayed. Like I think, you know, I went to the shops to get milk and bread, and that was like it. We we're just together in the house and talking or having a meal or just chilling. People in the different parts of the house, um, but being able to have a conversation at the end of it and say, just say to my son, this is my this was my natural urge was to fix and you know, what do I need to do here? And it's like that works in a lot of situations in life. But there's there's no fixing when someone's passed away or there's no fixing when, you, when your, your knee is blown and you need your knee for your career. There's no fixing when you've lost your vision. There's no, there's lots of situations where there's no fixing. And sometimes doing nothing is the right thing. And I introduced my son to the idea of circling the wagons, which he, being a little kid growing up in the desert out here, didn't know that, that idea in the wagons in the US or in South Africa or at nighttime, circle the wagons and you take shelter, and you've got the safety inside, you've got a bit of protection. And the same as what we do in the army when I was in the Australian army of going into an all round defense every time you stop, going in a circular harbor. Mm-hmm. Circle the wagons, pause, take a knee. and memorialize stop don't do anything think reflect meditate pray tell stories about the person allow your body to heal itself if it's an injury sometimes in this increasingly busy world that we always want to get on to the next thing and just stopping is the right thing like uh, we do on 11 11 remembrance day veterans day just stop and think and pause And for us, it was thinking about Grandpa Andy and the family. And just being able to have a conversation like that with my son, it only happened at the end of sort of giving up the urge, the natural urge I have and the training I've received to to get in there and get into action. But sometimes we've just got to surrender and submit. Events are beyond our control. Sometimes you just got to float, float through a section of the rapids. You know, get your feet out in front of your head, hold your breath, and you know, like striking out and trying to swim to the shore is probably the worst thing you can do when you're in that part of the
1: Yeah, one of the things is uh, hardest, like I said, the hardest thing to do, but sometimes it's the right thing to do is um, be still. Yeah, you know exactly what Melan's saying. Some not do anything is just be. Still, and you start noticing the world in a whole nother lens, uh, your relationships in another lens, uh, what you're doing in another lens, and you're just still without the distraction, the noise, the pressure, um, the tasking you know, all Mm -hmm. these different things that happen in everybody's life. And if you're just able to take some time and just be still, Mm -hmm. you're gonna. you're going to, you're going to start seeing and hearing things that you never did before. And, uh, more than likely, those are the loudest things that you've tuned out for one reason or another or another for a long time. Um, yeah. Maybe with a crutch, like we were talking about, maybe you tuned them out because of a crutch and it's like, yeah, yeah, hey, I hear you, but I'm too busy leaning on this. You know, I'm using my crutch too much. So not right now, not a good time, you know, sort of thing. Um, yeah. still I mean, in the-, the physical,
0: mental, emotional, and spiritual, we talk about these four parts of being a human, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. They feed over into each other. You know, how many times you can have a knee injury, physical, and then you can get your, your mind starts going about your career, the mental, then there's an emotional feeling, and finally a spiritual was what you needed to then have the healing flow <laughs> back around. It's like... Uh- where's the book that tells me this stuff, you know, and, you know, having a spiritual loss, you know, the grief, and then having the, the physical pause and not really knowing why, and then thoughts coming up and then being able to talk about feelings with the kids it was like those four parts, you know, the, the bit that is hurt or the bit that's down is not necessarily the bit is going to be the, um, a medicine that's not going to be the bit that's going to provide the healing you know maybe it's going to bring other bits down it's going to be one of the other four that's going to be the part that you need like for you there with a knee injury you needed a bit of spiritual healing and for us we needed to physically pause to allow the mental and emotional parts to come in when we'd suffered spiritually yeah it's complicated mike
1: yeah so i've been told it's not that easy you know damn i, I thought i was getting it off easy man Oh well, I guess uh, I guess I was wrong about that one. <laughs> well, it's been a
0: it's been a pretty huge uh, week or ten days for both of us. You know, with loss in the family for you, dealing with really powerful feelings stemming from significant injury and setback in your life, and then both of us really. It's funny how you and I see now these parallel lives. You know, finding strength through surrendering and submitting in a certain stage when events were beyond our control. And it's just a, a crazy thing to, to sit and talk to each other and share and be like, wow, that really feels like a similar experience has occurred, not necessarily the same name, but a similar feeling of going through it and a similar, similar insight maybe has come out of it.
1: Yeah, it's, whenever um, whenever you I think that it. you're the first one to experience something, yeah. get out get out and share it and talk about it. And you're and then you're just gonna get to yeah. play with phone calls and text messages like I have oh, man. In, in the yeah. last few days about how similar our story is. And then you're gonna start learning that number one, you're not by yourself. Number two, yeah. people are gonna share some great wisdom with you. Uh three, you're gonna have hope. Uh, because some of these people have been through worse, and they are just in beautiful spots in their life, mm-hmm. and that things can and will get better, right? There's so many benefits about speaking about your life, what you're doing, what you're going through, your struggles. Ask your questions that are that are hurting you. Uh, so many different, <laughs> so many things I can go down the list of it, but I think you get the point. Um, you're not you're not the first one to deal with whatever you're going through because there's. And- no, someone like you right. might
0: put someone like you might putting your hand up and being willing to share and talk about this stuff. You know, it, it it's not necessarily that you're looking for the inspiration or the healing from someone else. It's like who are you, you know, the inspiration, the example you're providing. Like you, like you were just saying, in the moment of you hobbling away with your crutches, you didn't even know. You just had already inspired your mate, and he was able to follow in your wake. And then it can be the 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 person who goes first, you know, we did an episode about this a long time ago about going first and being first and sharing, sharing the hard time, like sharing the breakdown that we all want to hide, can be the thing that gives other people an access to understand you're not all perfect, and that you know they've had their hard times. And then there's this experience, like Cherry and her sisters and her brother have had of having a shared, a shared tragedy, or a shared challenge, or a shared difficult difficulty. And somehow through all my military experience and all these hardships I've suffered in my life, those are the things that bring you together in like the most profound and special way. And you have an access to a healing together through having had a shared tragedy or a shared difficulty. And so if you're willing to be first, if you're willing to have the conversation, which I guess is our challenge that everyone this week is to find someone in your life. That you can share the hard time with share the difficulty the thing you're carrying i have no doubt that you're gonna like firstly have an amazing conversation and you're gonna get you're gonna let go of something and you're gonna probably the other person now has permission to do the same thing and they're going to be able to get something off their chest that they've been carrying and thirdly you're now going to have a friendship and a relationship that is different in a powerful way than it was so that's my challenge to everyone be first and have one of these conversations and share share the hard part, share the difficult thing that you're struggling with, like Mike just uh, did with us.
1: Damn, talk about going first. Melon literally just took the challenge that I was going to do, and but, dude, you're absolutely <laughs> right. I mean, good, dude, you nailed it. I mean, well, I'm crossing out my expert notes right here, <laughs> and. uh, <laughs> uh
0: Oh, well, that's... I do want to take all your um, thunder, but is there any, like we're sort of getting the clo- close to the end here, Mike, is there, are there other things that you thoughts or insights or feelings or challenges that you wanted to leave the audience with before you wind up?
1: Um, just don't, just don't sit still. Uh, and okay. I, and I, I don't mean that, like when I say be still, it's like, sometimes you don't have to do anything. Like you don't need to force anything. Right. Um but also don't sit still in your life and have complacency and yeah. just expect that sitting on the couch that your world's yeah. going to turn around and everything's just magically going to happen, right? You, you, you do yeah. have to take some action, but being still, finding a way forward, listening for a sign, a message, having conversations that you don't normally have in a good, quiet place, no distractions take that on board. And that's the be still part, but then you're going to don't mm. remain there. You're going to have to take some actions, make some new decisions, a lifestyle change. Uh, maybe you change your circle of friends, um, make some phone calls, take some more time off, you know, change up what you've been doing, you know, like <laughs> the only, w- w- the whole thing with insanity, right? If you keep doing the same thing over and over expecting a different result, that's the definition of insanity, right? Um, you will mm. go insane, trust me. And <laughs> so if I can close that, like, that's pretty much it. But I, your challenge was perfect. I like, I like
0: that distinction, like between sort of vegetating on the couch and stillness, that stillness has, <laughs> are they balloons. Man, I don't know what happens with these freaking <laughs> you <know>, texts. <laughs> but distinguishing between the stillness that is going to lead to reflection and meditation and insight and prayer versus maybe vegetating on the couch and distracting yourself from your problems, you know, by cracking another tinny or binging on a show or something like that, like that there's a negative sitting on the couch, vegetating, and that's not going to lead to anything positive. It's only going to lead to stewing versus stillness and reflection and thinking and meditating like Mike and I've been talking about. So I think that was a really good, neat way to split those up, Mike. And, the so one is going to lead to something positive, as you just said. There's going to be an action, an insight is going to lead to an action in your life, from the one side, and on the other side, there's going to be, you know, I don't know, more pizza and change a channel and watch another show or whatever you know. And there's not going to be anything positive will come from. It. All right. Wow. Well, well, for all of you guys out there who stuck with us, I really appreciate it. Um, and and we, hope hopefully you're sort of understanding why we had a bit of difficulty over the last couple of weeks. Just sticking with our usual weekly schedule. But we've uh, got some exciting shows coming up. We're going to do one on, on, uh, there's been many requests for attachment theory and a discussion about that and how that plays out in relationships and life and all sorts of stuff. So that's a topic that's coming up soon. And we really appreciate the feedback that's led to that. So please keep the suggestions coming. Uh, Subscribe, review, share uh, this podcast out into your community. And, uh, you know, we just want to, help maybe lead the way like Mike did with his mate. So people having some of these conversations that can uh, lead to healing. So from both of us until next week, take care.